Many people have problems with art and not with reality. So what is art different? It's pretty simple, right? This is knowledge, this is thinking, this is thought. Yeah, it does something strange with your head. Welcome to the Undergang Armchair. Bring it. Welcome to the Undergang Armchair. My name is Ondo. So, greetings, gang. I hope you guys are well. It's busy times here at Undergang Headquarters, which, uh, you know, basically means everything is upside down at the moment. But we're fighting the good fight. We're fighting for a better future. There are big plans in the works, but uh, now it's time to work our asses off in order to get there. And that's perhaps the best segue there could ever be into our uh, today's guest, Peter Callison. Now, for those of you who don't know Peter, you're in for a real treat. I think his work was some of the first I saw when I moved here to Copenhagen. I know it was some of the first that I fell in love with here in Copenhagen. He works in many media, but he's mostly known for working with paper. It's certainly what I saw first. Uh, I hesitate to call it paper cuts, but it's kind of undeniably the tradition that it rises from. But it's so much more. There's a delicacy, uh, emotion, and weight to his works, which are made kind of all the much more incredible by the material he uses, which is namely plain A4 white paper. The thing that always wins me over is that combination of technique together with emotional and uh, expressive tools of creation. If you can make an exquisite, beautiful, and precious, and then on top of that with a sound foundation idea or emotion to carry it, it's rare that I won't be a big fan of it. And that's it. I'll let Peter take it from here. Remember that during the episode, we speak of several works of his. You can see pictures of those works on the show notes for this episode on our website. Please enjoy my talk with Peter Callison. their programming and if it doesn't fit into what their programming is then um too bad mm. you don't get to go to art school unless you want to go to you know you want to pay for it yeah yeah and uh and so i'm always happy to see people who come from outside that mm. system because as you know the school's a good school if if it's what is for you yeah, yeah. you know but it's not for everybody and mm. that makes it a closed system mm. yeah and because you know denmark's so network based so who knows who yeah yeah it's always nice, you know. And so I was talking to Rosa, for example. Mm. She's educated abroad, you know. Mm. And she said it took her 10 years to feel mm. like she was mm. part of it. Yeah, yeah. Was that the same for you? No, not really. Because, well, I also studied, you know, I studied in Aarhus at uh, the Jyske Kunstakademi before. Mm. Mm-hmm. And after that, I, um, well, then I moved to London and studied Goldsmith. Um, but I was, I already had some connection to, to, actually, to a gallery here in Copenhagen when I was studying. So... Uh, and then when I got back, I got out here. You know, somebody recommended me here, and so it was actually pretty easy. And I was still working with this gallery, so that's lucky. Yeah. What gallery was that? It's called Tommy Lund. He okay. He doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, that was before my time. Yeah. Um, Goldsmiths is a good school, right? Yeah. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, very much. Yeah. It's very different, I imagine, going to art school abroad than it is here. Yeah, yeah. It was. I mean. Well, when I was studying in, in Aarhus, it was more like um, 
<laughs> the teachers came over from from Copenhagen. Right, uh, right the train over. every second week, two two or three days, and then it was very intense. And then they moved moved back, and and then we just left to ourselves almost. Just making work and partying, yeah, yeah. And doing. But then on the other hand, we had uh, it was a small school, so we were dependent on each other, and, and I quite liked it. But but I mean, it wasn't. Well, there was a starting in London. I think was was different in, in terms of many things. First of all, I thought it was more like in in, in Denmark. I think it was it was very formal when we talked about art. Um, um, uh, and if it, uh, we have this uh, frame or or, or or this phrase where you say uh, if it works or not. <laughs> um, And uh, of course, you also have to look formal on work, but but we very seldom talked about the meaning of of the work or the content of the work. That uh, shit drives me crazy. Yeah, what? I, that shit drives me crazy. I I love you know just that thought, that way of talking about art. I I like theory. I'm interested in theory, but you know, as a foundation for everything, it seems kind of you know it seems very 1970s ish you know in some that way. you only speak formally oh, yeah yeah you I know agree, instead of yeah. instead of mm. talking about meanings or yeah. personal yeah. relationships yeah. Yeah. or anything like that when london was very much about meaning and and a lot of about uh, psychoanalysis psychoanalysis and things like that but right yeah yeah it's very academic right when you yeah. start talking about yeah. theory and critical uh, but but I've, but i think it was a nice change for me and and i really enjoyed that and also the, i mean obviously that you had There was a variety of, I think, 20 tutors you can pick from and have tutorials with if, when you wanted it. And mm. and then the, also there was a the thing that you for each term you have to present a, a, an artwork and in a in a big group. And was that in London or in Denmark? in London? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Those group critiques are good, and just talking yeah. about it, just talking it yeah, through. Yeah, yeah, a lot of talking, but but I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Well, it means you have to be self-motivated to a degree, but as long yeah. as you have that, yeah. it's a great environment. Mm, mm. I mean, did did what was one better than the other, or was it important to do both? Uh, well, I, to be honest, I didn't consider the the opportunity of of going abroad when I started. Um, um, but then I think I realized during my during while I was in in Aarhus that I yeah I would like some change and. Okay, so you sought it out. You didn't think I'll just go to Copenhagen. Well, uh, yeah, I, I did apply to Copenhagen in the beginning, uh, also when I applied to Aarhus, but I didn't get in. Mm. I didn't. I didn't accept in Copenhagen, so I started in Aarhus, and then, uh, yeah, I thought I would like to go mm. abroad instead. Where did it start for you? Where did uh, what happened before you applied for school? Ah, uh, yeah. What happened? Um, what was the What was the door that opened that made you decide to go to art school? Mm. Well, actually, I was studying architecture for mm. for two years before. Uh, but already when I started architecture, I, I guess I had this idea about that. Actually, I would like one day to make art, but but I don't think I, I didn't really. Where did that come from? Were your parents artists? Did you know? No, any not artists? at all. Um, well, I've always been. Good at drawing, good at, at at painting and things like that, and and I've also been to some art high schooler. Oh uh, right, yeah. Um, yeah. During during the the academy or during at the the, the architectural school, I, I realized that too well, many rules. Yeah, and I was still painting <laughs> at home, so I, I really couldn't. And I, and at the same time, I think I realized I didn't want to be an architect. There was too many compromises, too much. Uh, 
paperwork and also this that you don't work with the actual thing it's not a one-to-one experience it's a, right. you just make a drawing of something which is going to be the real thing right do you remember what it was that showed you it was possible to be an artist professionally you know because all kids draw but it took yeah. me a long time to realize oh my god this is a yeah. job you can actually do well that's this. a good question because as i said before it's it's not in my my family at all i'm, I'm from a non-academic academic family um um But yeah, but then what what happened after the architect uh, two years of architect school? I took one year off and 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 I studied at the Aarhus Kunstskole, which is a Daughøyskole. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a, a daily a, a program, kind of an independent arts program. Yeah, it's almost like a, a, what you call the, the preparation course. You have a yeah foundation, like a prep, yeah. yeah, like a foundation course almost. Uh, mm. And I did that and. Um, and and that did a lot to me, I think. Uh, so during that, I I realized that I would like to apply for for art school at, lo- at least. Yeah, I guess teachers are often good because they're usually working artists or struggling yeah, artists yeah, or yeah, someone yeah. who's who's like, all right, kids, look, mm. <laughs> you know, this mm. is the deal. Yeah. Um, because but, but you know, you asked uh, you asked at some point what what really did it to me. I also think at some point I had some. I was working on a on a boarding school, uh, and I was. In my spare time, I was painting, uh, but that was before architecture school and everything. But but at some point, I was doing some, if I look back, quite terrible paintings. But but <laughs> they usually are when we but, look but, back. But basically, I have this feeling or this experience of that I was able to express my feelings through paint through a painting, mm-hmm. and 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 what I painted was actually also what I felt, and that was. Uh, that was that one-to-one connection you talked about earlier. Yeah, but it was yeah, but it was also really a tool that I, I guess I, you can almost say that I could use it uh, therapeutically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think that was also one of the experiences that kind of uh, uh, gave me the uh, courage to yeah. to continue. Were your parents like, "What the hell? Get a real job?" Yeah, but when I when I yeah when I applied, yeah. Because I'm from from the middle of Jutland, from the countryside, and very uh, rational way of thinking. So. Right, it's not exactly a career path. No, in, in, not really. In, in, as my in mom, most as my mom say. said, why don't you just have it as a hobby? Right, yeah. right. But I guess that's a classical one. But but uh, but I mean, at that time I was also, I was because I would think I was twenty seven when I started mm. art school. So. I mean, I was quite mature, uh, so I was. I mean, and and also those days, it was, it was still in those days when when it was kind of that you should really choose whatever you feel like. Uh, right, and then just do that. Yeah, straight yeah, line. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's really important to start later. Like you know, you said you were twenty-seven. I think that's actually a really good time to start because when I went to school, I was about a year or two older than everyone else. Mm. And even that made a difference. Mm. And mm. I can't imagine how, how much how more old? I would have been able to get out of it. What's how that? old were you? I started when I was 21, and they mm. were like 19. Mm. Yeah. Um, but if I was 27, I would have gotten, you know, 100% more out of it. Mm. Because, you mm. know, you're moving away from home, you're figuring out uh, girls, partying, mm. Uh, mm. living in an apartment, uh, mm. how to make food, you know, all this stuff mm. is happening at once. Mm. And it's hard to focus mm. and work yeah. diligently yeah. On, your, on, on what you do then. And mm. so, you know, those years off, I think, are actually really important. Mm. Mm. And I'm sure you could probably feel a difference between the kids who came straight in 
in the early 20s. Yeah. And where you were out when you were in your 20, when you were 27, 28. Yeah, but I also think, but I think in Denmark in general, there's a, also compared to London, where I was starting together with someone who, yeah, as you said, they were in the about twenty years yeah. old, some of them. But yeah. then there were also a lot of international students who often were quite older. So, mm. yeah, I mean, it's just it's it, it's you know, art school. I guess the point of it is, is just to try to get as much out of it as you can in that short amount of time, mm. Mm. and however is best to do so. Mm. You know, I mean, part of the problem is it's so expensive in the states. Mm, yeah it costs a fortune mm. and you know i would just you know i i could like i said i i could have used it a lot better mm. but i used it better than most and mm. i was just watching some of these kids and being like you're gonna owe five hundred thousand dollars when you're done with this and you're gonna be an artist you're not gonna yeah. be a lawyer you're not gonna be a doctor <laughs> you know there's no way to get this no. money back unless no, you're crazy. really lucky yeah. uh you know mm. at least use the time properly yeah yeah but mm. uh but you know that's that's the problem with the education system over there too. Mm. But when you, when you came back, you you were able to hit the ground running. It sounds like. Yeah, well, there was just one or two years where I was uh, struggling, and I was had some work on on the side. But then, uh, yeah, I started uh, uh, getting busy with works, and then I also connect connected with a gallery in London and with a gallery in Berlin, and and yeah. Do you think so that I was, was quite quite? I think after two or three years, I was able to make a living of it after finishing school. That's pretty fast, I would yeah. say. Mm. Do you think that was kind of a function of the time, or the function of your hard work, or a function of uh, people you knew, or like what do you attribute that to? I think it's a combination of all these three things yeah. you make. I, I was really hardworking. Uh, I was also quite good at networking. Mm. Uh, um, and, and and as you said that the uh, it was also a good time uh, uh, there was a expanding market for art uh, for art and and yeah was this the early 2000s yeah, yeah 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 i mean that's kind of as far as i understand when everything changed mm. it went from being three galleries on, uh, yeah, on yeah. downtown yeah. to you know yeah. 30 yeah. or something like yeah. that and people started you know those were the good years i guess mm. Because uh, when I moved here, it was right when everybody was in Valby. Yeah. And then, you know, a year later, that they, imploded. They yeah. Mm. Uh, and then, but I mean, I don't feel like there was that long of a downturn here. You know, people consolidated mm. and a couple galleries mm. closed, but not mm. that many. No. Uh, you know, and people seem to regain their footing pretty fast. Mm. That's mm. maybe because the state has the support system in place. Yeah. I think that's uh, nivellates things. So yeah. you can kind of... Continue. Right. right, so you don't get those huge shocks. Mm. And also, I was quite lucky to get this uh, three years working grant from Staten's Confront. Right, that's a big one. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, yeah, for, yeah, it's just a support system for, for three years in which you have your minimum wages paid, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's such a huge part of it is that, that system here. And congratulations, you just got a, a, a prize from the Museum Arkin, right? Yes, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, the travel grant. Was that something you applied for, or is that no, no? It's just, just um, given. Yeah, surprise. Yeah, yeah, that was a surprise. <laughs> That's always nice. Yeah, it's so fantastic. Yeah, yeah I mean, Denmark's such a fantastic place to make art in. It may be, it may be small, and it may. Uh, some people might argue it's a little conservative, mm. et cetera, et cetera, But the mm. system creates so much space to work in. That's mm. that's pretty incredible. Mm. 
now you have to get into the system. Mm. When you're on the outside, it's there's nothing yeah, to do. That's but probably true. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, as long as you get in, uh, kind of in that roundabout, they can really help even out the bumps mm, mm. and keep you afloat. You know? Yeah. But, yeah. I've been I've been very supported by by the the Danish Art Council. Yeah. Uh, um, Does that reflect on you being good at writing grants and uh, being hardworking? Because uh, you know, well, it's well, I, I both had grants, but also had a lot of support for production of my work. Um, but you have to apply for that. You have yeah, to write yeah, those. Yeah, I have to write have to, applications. Yeah. You know, it doesn't I don't know if I'm good time. at it or, well, yeah. it just worked out. It worked out. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just because a lot of people, you know, I didn't write my first grant application until I was in my 30s, I think, mm. maybe 29 or mm. something. Mm. And and that's a whole, that's a skill set in and of itself. Mm. And you have yep. to be on top of that. You have to treat it like a business thing. You yeah. know, these are yeah, the deadlines. Yeah. This is what mm. I got to do. This is how I have to talk about it, et cetera, et cetera. And it, I, I was very slow in realizing mm. that. Mm. And uh, I think that's kind of an, an important part of mm. being a working yeah. artist yeah. now. Because the money does not fall from the sky. No. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm... I'm sometimes I'm quite good at defining my project before I make it. Maybe that's an advantage. But I don't know if it makes... I don't know if it's good for the art, but but, <laughs> but unfortunately this is how the system works. And I think that's actually sometimes a problem with this. With, with this application system that 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 uh, <clears throat> that it it uh, I think it especially applies to a certain kind of artist who who maybe make also maybe maybe make, makes more uh, conceptual work than others. For right. As if you if being you, able to write about it is important. Yeah, yeah, as well, of course. And yeah. it's kind of hard if you're just experimental and like, well, I'm going to figure it out yeah, as exactly. I go. That's yeah. not going to work. Yeah. Um, no, and that's what I mean about the art school too. There is a system which which mm. works better for for some than others. Mm. You know? mm. um, but I bet this is my theory that you learned more about talking about your work at Goldsmiths than you did at the at the Art Academy in Denmark. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, because that's one of the things I got the most out of mm. going to school. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like that's a. I don't know if it's an Anglo thing or how how would you define it, but American English schools I think are better at that whole talking, 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 mm. talking. Yeah. What's your idea? Why? Yeah. What's yeah. this about? Why? You know that whole mm. that whole way of just chewing on things mm. till they're almost mm. dead. Uh, I yeah, don't yeah. They feel like they do that as much here. No. Uh, but I mean, but of, but of course it is. But it is also a different system. I mean, here it's it's like an art academy, where it's more like the old. Um, Mr. Lea, I don't know how you translate that. Right, that would be the uh, almost the guild system where you have a, a master yeah. teaching a journeyman, master and and a, and a, and a pupil. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Whereas in in England, it's it's more like academic, as you said, and 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 yeah. Uh, also, you have to you had critical theory, and you have to write uh, thesis and things like that. Uh, I think it's, but it, it is kind of changing now here, as far as I can understand. Yeah, they're trying to make it more. That's well, good, I think. Uh, yeah. And of course, if you have a small institution, it's going to have a small amount of people running it, which are going to have a s- kind of singular vision. Mm. When you have a school, the school I went to had over a thousand students. Yeah. It was, yeah. Know, so it was a lot more of a mess. Well, some people want to do this and some people want mm. to do that, and, you mm. know, mm. and they had to apply to more areas. Mm. But one of the things I found really interesting, uh, in fact, the reason that that I, I contacted you is because when I came here, I saw a lot of your paper cut works. Okay. And they're of course, where, delicate. Where, where about did you see them? Oh man. Uh, uh, 
at in Valby at Helena Nyborg. Yeah, I think yeah. Helena Nyborg, and then you had a show at uh, at the church at Nikolai yeah, Kunstel, yeah, yeah. which was 2009 or something yeah. like that, where you built this huge castle yeah. out of cardboard. Yeah. And all. You know, and I just kept seeing, uh, I also work at a frame shop, so I framed a few of them yeah. uh, that people had bought. And it stood out. The work completely stood out to me. I didn't see, I hadn't seen anything like it. Mm. And uh, I love the kind of relationship to what might be considered a craft art, mm. you know, decorative arts in terms of paper cuts and mm. hobbies. You think of Victorian ladies mm. uh, doing paper cuts and stuff, but but done on such an advanced and expressive level. Uh, but then I looked into it, and you have you've done performance art, mm. you've done photography, you've mm. done all sorts of uh, not paper cut e mm. works, mm. you know, which mm. are you know some of them are messy, some of them are big, some mm. of them are loud, you know, and then on this other side you do this very delicate, and so you know it it seems to me like you've just been refining it and going down and down and down and down and down and down till you get to this very singular yet uh, full of options way of making things. Yeah. Um, do you do any performance anymore? Uh, on occasions I do, but, but, but uh, yeah, it's only on special occasions uh, and if it really fits into the exhibition that I'm doing. And What's a, what's a special occasion? Well, for instance, uh, uh, I was I was participating in a group show in um, in a, uh, in an old um, uh, it's called Geist Glorp uh, in an old uh, Gus at uh, Funen in Funen. Gus oh, is that like an old farm? Yeah, but one of these really huge houses farms where okay, like a feudal landowner almost yeah kind of like yeah. huge house yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, and it was a place where Hans Christian Andersen used to live or sometimes come and visit. And, and yeah, and then I, uh, I've i been doing this uh, uh, performance where I folded this big paper boat. I've done that on different occasions. And then sailed it out. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting in this connection to Hans Christian Andersen because he has this fairy tale with the paper boat as well. And... and uh, and because he used to live there, and then I made a performance where I started climbing out of a window from a rope, because it says that he always was carrying this rope around with him because he was paranoid that everything would burn. So he just had this rope in case he had to f take himself down from the window. <laughs> well, things like that. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so when you see a direct connection, yeah, to to something, uh, because I I. I uh, nowadays, I, I prefer more working with the material uh, to have this material in my hands, and I still really enjoy this, um, uh, yeah, this transformation of of paper. Um, and such a plain material too. Yeah, exactly. Whereas a performance is something you can't really redo. Uh, well, you can redo it, but then it's another thing. So, so this this thing about having a, a material that you can work on, go home, and then come back to it and look on it with new eyes and, and uh, yeah why do you think you've gotten away do you think do you think the period in which you made the most performance was more about uh, experimentation and trying things out expressing ideas yeah that that's one side perhaps but but i also think actually on a personal level it was more about uh, exposure that uh, maybe i needed or felt that i <laughs> i had a, a a bigger urge to 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 express myself where nowadays I, I don't really to be seen yeah i don't feel the need uh, 
maybe. Hmm. Um, I've been thinking about that. Perhaps that's the reason too. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, because as a vehicle for ideas, it's 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 difficult performances. You know, it's, there's sorry, it's difficult. There isn't so many ways to document it, which really mm. work. You know, mm. a video or a photograph is mm. rarely mm. A, a good replacement. Yeah, yeah. Um, people are often puzzled. Mm. You know. Uh, it has it has the aura of being a little pretentious. Mm, uh, mm. You know, there's all sorts of issues with it. But when it's done well, it's transcendent. It's mm, amazing. Mm, mm. Um, and what I noticed about yours was they were often funny. Mm. Yeah, which I really uh, think is a great point of entry. Mm. You know, you building a huge cardboard boat and then sailing it out into a little lake, mm. and of course it sinks. Mm. Uh, is kind of darkly hilarious, mm. at least to me. I don't know if other people see it that way or if you see it that way. Yeah, definitely. I think there's uh, there's this aspect of, of something comic and tragic in in almost all my performances. Uh, and your work, other, other yeah, also in my work too. Yeah, I think that's has that kind him. of been a, a through line in your work. This uh, this idea of comedy and tragedy. Um, uh, well, it hasn't been anything that I've deliberately decided that I wanted to uh, that I wanted to be like that. It just happened to be like that. I think, uh, uh, yeah. Do you see that in your you know twenty two year old Peter's paintings? Was there an attraction? Ah, to that's that a thing? good question. Um, no, I don't think so. Actually, that was they were, they were more seriously, or they were they didn't actually have so much coming in it. Yeah. So. It's so, funny, you do yeah. have to go through this period of taking yourself really seriously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or at least I did, too. Yeah. You know, and just make terrible, terrible artwork. That's yeah. just the way that is. You mm. just have to really get through it. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it seems like you don't ever concern yourself with whether, or you used to at least not concern yourself with the materials. You could make performance, you could make photographs, you could make mm, yeah. video, you could make sculptures, etc. And I, I would like to think of myself still like that. But but of course, you're right. Uh, I've been more and more or less uh, defined as this paper paper guy. Or Peter. it's how I I got to know you. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I also came late to the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but what is it about the paper that continually holds you? I think there's there's a lot of things about paper which I like. First of all, it's 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 such a, a plain material as you said, and then it's it's, it's an, an everyday material and it's cheap. Mm. It's not pretentious, uh, and at the same time, it still has a lot of references. Uh, the blank white page to like a lot of literally references to untold stories and, and things like that, uh, and to purity and and. Um, um, and, and and the way I work is often that uh, that I cut out a silhouette, uh, and from the silhouette I create a three D figure, uh, uh, and often there's a, a relationship between this silhouette and the three D figure, mm-hmm. or a story or a contrast. Or at least at least there's a yeah. I often tell stories with my work, uh, um, but it but it's very much this transformation that that triggers me and, and it still triggers me um, how or how it is possible to change this flat surface of paper into something else. Well, it strikes me that it's also a little performative, you know, because yeah. part of the fascination with your works is how detailed, intricate, mm. 
you know, I'm sure the question comes up a lot. Jesus Christ, how long did that take? Yeah, yeah. You know, because it's so ornate and it's so precisely done mm. that it becomes, I guess, it references the performance of making it, too. Yeah. Even though it's very finished. Yeah. When it's, you, 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 know. you, you, you I understand what you're saying. You could also say there's this, this more, almost this before and an, and an after. There's something cut out, but you don't see how it's made into this. So there's, I guess you can argue there's, there's also an aspect of magic or... Maybe magic is is too strong word, but but something I don't uh, let the audience see whatever or see everything which happens. Yeah, no, it is it is. Um, I think magic is 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 the correct word. Mm. It, it, it's certainly mystic mm. in mm. a way. Mm. You know, mm. do you see them as sculptures? Um. I guess I see them in between, <laughs> yeah. because uh, especially the the frameworks I make, I I, I sometimes call them uh, uh, objects, wall objects, because they are or re- reliefs, because they're kind of in between. Uh, they are, yeah, they're dealing with the with the surface in contrast to the to the sculpture. You could say the relationship between right. picture and well, you can. Maybe even say picture and reality. Right. That's maybe that's too 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 uh, too far to take it. But sometimes I I'm, I, I call my work for um, I call them um, uh, the opposite of of Magritte's uh, famous pipe, right? Because he was kind of uh, pointing pointing at the illusion within the right the two dimensional plane representing yeah, yeah, 3D. yeah where I kind of go the other way and and because there's literally things coming out from the flat surface of, of the, the paper or right. from the image, which the relief or the silhouette is. Right. Well, they, yeah, that's right. You have this often significant amount of the paper is flat and presented yeah. as a two-dimensional yeah. object, but then yeah. part of it is, is, is tearing or jumping or coming out of yeah. the, yeah. Out of the yeah. two-dimensional yeah. space. So, and, and often it's actually something coming to life in a way from uh, in this. It's kind of falling out from, from the actual... Silhouette or the the the, the picture, mm. uh, and in this fall it becomes alive, but it also be- also becomes fragile and and vulnerable and and mortal in a way. Right. Yeah, they must be extremely fragile. Mm. Where did it start? Like, when did you make the first one, and what brought that on? Um, well, that's that's a actually an interesting one. Um, I was I was talking about I was doing this performance in this, and at some point I was uh, doing a. A performance in Helsinki. I was participating in a performance festival where I made this uh, floating castle made from styrofoam floating on the water. And it was interactive. People could, I were rowing people out there in a boat and then leaving them there for half an hour. And then they could stay in this fantasy castle for half an hour. And uh, then I would pick them up afterwards. uh, but for this uh, performance, uh, they made a catalog and, and everyone was asked to contribute with something. And I came up with this A4 sheet of paper uh, of a castle which you could cut out and glue together yourself. Like the kids' toys almost yeah. that we used to get. Yeah. Uh, but because I, in my performances or uh, thematically, have been working a lot with Dealing or been dealing with the impossible or struggling against the impossible and maybe also failure, at least in, in many of my performances. Then I, I made this very delicate and, and, and so small and detailed that it actually was impossible to make 
um, and then it got into the catalog and then half a year after one day I was uh, I sat down and then I thought oh, I wanted to try to see how far I actually could get with this um, drawing that I made and then, and then I started to cut and glue and, and, and it actually showed out that it almost was possible to make this it was just a tiny little castle uh, made from one sheet of A4 paper mm. and that was actually the, the start of these A4 paper uh, works and so you just saw a door open at that point yeah it exactly it actually opened something for me because then yeah i was invited to to a show uh, with this gallery in in london and then i um yeah i made some more and come and, and yeah started to develop this this idea of that it was all created from one sheet of paper right. because this is that's the rule i or the dog dog dogma that i put up for myself that it's all created from one sheet of paper. Sometimes I remove something, but I never add anything. Okay, so one regular sheet of A4 printer paper, that's the rule. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I use this special paper, which is archival and, and, and acid-free, yeah. but, but it's literally, or it's almost the same as a sheet of uh, uh, copy paper, yeah. Is it frustrating? I mean, I imagine that you're, you know, you're making something, you've got the whole figure built, you've got the skeleton or the angel or whatever you're building, and then, uh, you know, you put too much glue on it and it's, it's done. Mm, no, not really. Um, well, sometimes, of course, it takes a lot of preparation to make one piece because you have to make a lot of sketches before you reach the, the final one. And, um, but I, I think I'm, I'm quite, um, Patient, so uh, it fits your nature. Yeah, I think and, it does. Yeah, there's a big uh, satisfaction uh, in in doing it. Yeah, but but on the other hand, having said that, I also at, at the moment I have this idea that I would like to work. I would actually make so, like to make make work with still with paper, but works which are a little bit more expressive, uh, uh, a little bit more pants. As perhaps as we talked about, which are not defined before I make it, so there's something. So the process is more open actually, uh, and leaves and more in, uh, intuitive. Mm. Um, open for you, or open for the viewer, or both? Mm, maybe both. Yeah, mm. yeah. But uh, I don't know if that's I will succeed doing that. I've, I've made a few huge installation. Uh, uh, for instance, the one in in the church with a big window. That yeah, was a kind of a start. castle, a cardboard castle. Yeah, but the castle that was kind of more like a just a frame for for making uh, for showing all the videos. Mm, Where mm-hmm. was the big window? I think that was the idea was that I wanted to work with a or make more like a collage of old sketches, which was a part of the work. Um, what do you about documentation of the three dimensional works? I mean, because I assume, I remember, for example, at that show, there was a uh, smaller but still quite large white castle mm. in white paper. Do I remember correctly? It was about a meter by a meter or something no, like that? No, that was not a castle. That was a ruin, I think. Okay, it could have been yeah. a ruin. I don't remember yeah. exactly, but it was yeah. quite big. Yeah. Uh, impossible to frame. Yeah. Impossible to transport, I imagine? Mm, that, that is actually impossible if you just make transport box which it fits into... Uh, so so it's totally fixed and then it's actually possible. Yeah. Did those works do survive after that yeah, show? Yeah. Okay, so you yeah. did actually keep them. Yeah. 
um, because they're you know they're so big. Well, I, the the big window at at the end. You remember that? The, it was like a copy of the big. There was this huge uh, window in the in at the, the end of the yeah, church. Yeah, which I kind of removed. That well, okay. I can I can show you. Yeah, I don't actually remember that. I remember the castle, and I remember some of the smaller yet big works. Mm, yeah, this this work. So what's that made out of? Just white paper? Yeah, the structure is made from, um, I think it was 200 grammets uh, paper, mm-hmm. and within it there was a structure of cardboard. Um, and uh, as you can see, this is a copy of the back window in the church. Mm. You know, the window where the naturally or normally the divine lights shine through. And then I made this as a copy, uh, but as a ruin, and slightly removed it uh, into. I moved it into the actual uh, exhibition space, mm-hmm. and then I changed the size of the windows so they are A4 size. And then in the windows, I put a lot of old sketches, drawing copies, uh, which I kept through the years. Um, so it was, uh, yeah, it was more like, yeah, I'm not quite sure actually what it was about, but but. Uh, It was more intuitive. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, and, and and what was interesting that it also, yeah, it became like, um, also like, a, in a way, kind of interactive, or no, <laughs> not an um, indirect um, portrait, in a way, because it was... It was site-specific re- re- for the exhibition. As well, place. but it was also referring to a lot of my older works and, mm. and other works which were in the exhibition and, and some of my old drawings and then sketches and thoughts uh, which suddenly became the window uh, which you both can look through but sometimes you couldn't look through because I was also blocking blocking the window because this was white paper mm. um, so there was a lot of layers in this uh, but but this is a little bit the same I've been working with in my installation at Gamlestein which you have seen it or what? Uh, I haven't yet the one in the Montana yeah, room? Yeah, okay Unfortunately no, I haven't no. So is it kind of? It's more in this direction again, uh, right? Window frames. Yeah, it's a. What I've done is that I've uh, literally copied. Um, you see, these are the old old windows, mm-hmm. which almost is like a Hammershaw painting. The light shines through, and these old panels, white panels. So I've copied this uh, and made that in paper uh, on all this wall. Oh right, there's no window there. No in reality. So this is artificial light shining oh, behind wow. behind the windows. That's uh, that's a lot of work. That is a lot of work. Yeah, um, <laughs> we'll put pictures of this on the podcast page, podcast yeah, page yeah. so people can see it. Yeah, um, that's then, incredible actually because I had totally forgotten that that's a that's a blank wall. Yeah, there's yeah, no window yeah. there. Mm. And 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 then in the actual window glasses uh, as as windows, uh, I put uh, pieces of paper which are. With text, as you can see there, mm-hmm. some of the text is cut out, uh, so the light can slightly shine through. And it also—it's—it's it's a lot of—it's uh, a collage of a different texts. Uh, some are personal texts, some are ideas, or um, some are reference from from uh, philosophy and, and things like that. Mm. But the idea is to to work with text and thoughts and ideas and to make them concrete or remove them from their meaning and, and make them, change change them into, I guess, a more poetic expression, in a way. Is also because this is a meeting room where people, yeah, 
<laughs> right. literally talk and and are supposed to have ideas and 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 use words to uh, communicate. So you've talked about both personal expression and uh, and and kind of storytelling mm. in your work. Mm. Uh, is would you say your work always includes personal expression or only no. sometimes? Not always. No, no. Sometimes no, it's yeah. just a story. Yeah. And are these stories you think up and plan ahead, or are they uh, they uh, being written while you make the work? Well, well, when I say stories, it's, it's I, I I mainly think about these small A4 pieces. Uh, for instance, if I cut out a, a flower and and then I transform the beautiful flower into a scary spider. Mm. Um, so that's what I mean by by story. That this is yeah, I work symbolically. I work. Uh, uh, with recognizable uh, objects, uh, right? Uh, and it's often very contrast. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't want to say it's graphic, but it's it uses the well, elements of graphic, black and white, yeah, yeah. cutouts, negative space, it's positive space. Definitely using graphic uh, elements as well. Yeah. yeah. So I noticed uh, I, I I saw you a lot of places there when I first moved to Denmark mm. um, back, you know. Eight nine years mm. ago, and mm. then there was the, the the little mini collapse. Helena Newborg, your gallerist, mm. moved to Jutland, mm. and no, uh, she actually, well, she moved to Strandgade for for a period, and then she closed down that, and then she moved to Jutland, right? But, but not with her gallery, I think. Right, right. Yeah. She works now for an institution mm. there, if mm. I remember correctly. Yeah, um, and she ran a great gallery, and nothing else like it opened up again. Mm. As far as I'm concerned, it mm. was my wife's favorite gallery in mm. town. Mm. Um, but I noticed you don't have a gallery you work with anymore. That's true. Yeah. Which, according to the traditional art world, is a bad thing. Yeah. But according to several people I've spoken with, Julia Nord, for example, she also won many years without one. Mm. Uh, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. That's a great thing. Yeah, they loved it. Yeah. What's your position on it right now? Well, to be honest, I'm not. I can't really figure out what's what's good or bad. Um, uh, well, I've been I've been quite lucky because it's for a long period. I've also had galleries uh, abroad, um, which I also don't have at the moment. Mm. Um, I might have some connection in in New York, which might lead to something, but I don't know yet. Uh, um, but that's definitely something I, I need to work on more. So you do feel like it's better, or you you would like to have that again now? Yeah, at least at least abroad, because uh, as I mean, of course, I can't uh, I can't do any any I can't do anything from here in in New York. Well, of course, I can do a little bit, but but then it's it's much better to be represented by by gallery. Mm. Where, whereas in Denmark, I'm I'm pretty well connected, that so it's it's much easier to. To work on my own here, um, and and also have customers coming to me, uh, uh, but of course it it, it it is a lot of work and 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 uh, a lot of co- business management. Yeah, right? yeah, so my consideration is if 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 it's worth it. So I might uh, I might uh, look for a, a gallery at some point, some sort of relationship. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's one of the modern problems with being an artist is that you have a lot of you spend a lot of time doing stuff, getting stuff out of the way so you can make more work. Mm. You yeah. know, if you if you have 50% of your free time to make work, that's a lot mm. in a lot of ways because mm. there's so much, you know, and you can get help. Uh, 
yeah. help is good, yeah. assistants are good, uh, etc. But um, but it's a lot of work. Like you say, if you are if customers are coming to you, well, then you have to be the representative of your work, whereas yeah. a gallery would otherwise yeah. do that. Uh, and you have to enjoy talking to people, and you have to yeah. enjoy networking. Mm. But you've been busy. I mean, you haven't seemed to have any uh, problem showing work. No, no. I'm, at, at the moment, I'm, I'm almost too busy. Um, I have a, quite a few shows coming up, and uh, also working on two commissions. Um, mm. One for uh, the uh, the university here, here in Amma, uh, in the new big uh, hall. Um, at a Kuato, okay. a building which they've just built. Um, Is that a permanent commission? Yeah. Out of paper? No, it's not going to be paper. It's going to be, um, uh, well, it's it's a material which uh, imitates paper. Okay. Uh, but it is it is actually plastic, but, but it's kind of semi-transparent, and you can see the light shining through. Okay. It's like a kind of spiral tower, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is going to be like 10 meters tall, okay. but just made from one stripe of... Well, not paper, but similar material. But it looks like paper. Yeah, from here at least. And from and which you can't see there, but there'll be cut a lot of uh, letters and and words and references into the into the actual uh, material. Huh. And these letters will afterwards be glued on the surrounding walls and painted over in the the same color as the walls. So it'll be kind of uh, hopefully slightly, uh, yeah. Very uh, silent shadows, uh, all depending on how the light comes. Mm. Um, Do you find it interesting to work when you have to think about permanence on that level, like public uh, public space, and it, it, it's obviously supposed to last? I, f- I think that's an interesting challenge. Yeah, um, well, actually, this is actually one of my first commissions, um, and it's <laughs> it's been ongoing for about five five years now, mm. and I still haven't done it because there's been a lot of uh, yeah, problem, problem with the logistics and fire departments, and, uh, and then I've been busy, and and yeah, yeah. it's been. Uh, so it is, it is quite time consuming. It's and, a different kind of project. Yeah, it is. Now you said you've got lots to do. Is that? I mean, I, you know, part of the thing is I think people who listen to the show are younger artists, people mm. who are interested in how it actually works. Mm. Are you out there? trying to network talk propose uh whatever you do to get these exhibitions or are they coming to you um they're mainly coming to me uh, uh yeah but i should also do more networking i should also go to more openings and, and you got enough to do right yeah yeah but that's the thing and i, and I just got myself a family and and my girlfriend is expecting here uh, uh, in June, so uh, first one, yeah, congratulations, thank you, yeah, yeah, it's kind of terrifying, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> not really, no, I'm actually looking good. forward to it. Uh, yeah, and just you know, I think about artists and like, oh my god, time is limited already. And then, yeah, okay, you know. Th- this aspect, of course, but 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 my 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 girlfriend is also an artist, so she's uh, she's quite on. Uh, I think she understands. Uh, so you guys can fight about who gets the day off. Too. Yeah, I think we'll. I think we'll work it out. <laughs> That's good. That's exciting. Yeah, um, but I mean, yeah, I. It, it's 
Where's the struggle? You know, it seems like it's been, it's, it's worked out so well for you. You've, you've, you've worked well, your way into the situation and, mm. and where, where's the hard part for you? Cause there's always a hard part. Yeah. Well, um, it, the hard part of course is, is, is that it takes a lot of work. Um, and sometimes I'm also working too much. Mm. Um, um, and I guess also, I mean, uh, and, and I was a, I also think there's been ups and downs in my career, and 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 for the last year or, or two years ago, I, I was a bit nervous because I didn't have anything in my schedule. But then suddenly, a lot of things came up again, and and so, yeah, at the moment I'm also preparing a <coughs> hopefully a big exhibition in China coming up uh, in 2017. Exciting. Uh, both in the museum and at the the new Danish Culture Center out there. Yeah. Uh, where they've just opened a new 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 space, huge space in the this famous gallery area in Beijing. Yeah. Um, That's exciting. Yeah, that is very exciting. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think for for people who are interested in being artists, there's two ways. There's one way, which is uh, which is you know make solid good work and then network the hell out of everything. Mm. And then there's the other way where you make work that's so unique and so undeniable. That uh, that people come to you, you know, yeah. and that's a tough one. That's not something you just decide to do. You have to work. You have to work really hard. Yeah. Well, I also think I think also as I said in the beginning, I think I have been quite good at at net networking, mm. especially in in the beginning. I've been very focused and on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Did it come naturally to you, or was it something you had to teach yourself? I think it came quite naturally. Um. Yeah. You don't have too much of the Yentalo no, not Danish really. hobble. No, not really. I have to tell you, I grew up in uh, Herning, in the middle of uh, Jutland. Yeah. You know where that is? Uh, vaguely, yes. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of bad things about saying about Herning, but 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 there's an art fair there now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 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 uh, and the good things that I have brought with me, I think, from Herning is that that uh, the People also sometimes sometimes calls it the Wild West uh, mm. of Denmark, because uh, yeah, there's not it doesn't take so much talking to do things. People just do it. So if you have an idea, you you actually do it. And and I think that's uh, that's something I brought with me that 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 I believed in that things were possible. And if you wanted to do something, you just had to do it. Uh, I know it sounds pathetic and and very simple to say but 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 i think that's sometimes what i've experienced with some of my colleagues that 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 also people who perhaps came from more academic uh, backgrounds that they they really needed to think uh, to think things very well through before they did it and and maybe sometimes that was stopping them uh, from doing things well i mean the evidence from this from from doing this program supports what you're saying because almost every single person i talk to on this show who is having some success who's making good work even if it's personal success whatever it is mm. works their ass off mm. there's yeah. literally not one of the like no one i've talked to has been like well i mostly sit around and think mm. and then every <laughs> once in a while i make something mm. everybody's getting up early they're working mm. late and as yeah. hard as they can mm. Uh, and not only is that how you get stuff done, but that's how you work through things. Mm. You have to fail a lot before mm. you can make something work. Mm. So, uh, so I think it's absolutely true what you're mm. saying. And mm. it's something I learned way too late. Mm. 
Mm. Not too late, but I wish I'd had that mm. with me earlier. Mm. Mm. You know, and that, you know, self-doubt is also a problem when you have self-doubt about, uh, you know, and then you just maybe don't get mm. it done. Mm. So, uh, you know, I think doubt, doubt is okay. It can't be paralyzing mm. on mm. that sense. Mm. You can't, you can't have that self-doubt getting in the way. Well, I think we about did it. Yeah. Thank you very much for coming on the You're show. You're welcome. It was a pleasure. Really nice talking to you. All right, that's it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Undergang Armchair. The intro and outro music was kindly provided by Johnny Ripper, and today's interstitial music was provided by David Hyde. You can find links to their music and tons of other great conversations with great people on our bone folder of a website, undergang.net. This show is produced in part with the kind support of the Danish Arts Council. Thank you for joining us.